0: So many people are always asking the question, how do you know what Israel needs now? It's four plus months since the beginning of the war. How do you know what Israel needs? How do you know how to get these items to Israel? Help us out, Nahum Siegel. Give us a resource. Where we could have some reliable information about what we need to do to help our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. And someone introduced me to Moshe Bodner. And you may recall his son was in our studio a few weeks ago. Someone introduced me to Moshe Bodner. And he has an initiative that's been going since literally the very beginning of this war or the beginning of this episode with the brutal attack on Israel on October the 7th. And this effort continues. In fact. He alluded, and he'll give us the details on the air. But he alluded to me off the air that there's a major event, literally, that is going to help collect items for Israel that'll be happening this weekend. Uh, so if you have some of the things that uh, that he's going to recommend, or if you'd like to purchase some of the things that you'd like to, that he'd like to recommend, uh, you'll be able to literally drop them off. With all these details, let me introduce Moshe Bodner and welcome him to JM and the AM. A pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM.
1: Hello, Nafim. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: I hope that this audience helps your efforts because you've been going strong for four-plus months. I don't know how you keep the momentum going. Explain what happened. We're all familiar with the calendar that Shemini Atzeris Simchas Torah was Shabbos, October the 7th. It sounds like, based on what you told me off the air, that your operation sprung into action immediately. Tell us about the very beginnings of these efforts.
1: So I will, but if you'll allow me 10 seconds to just jump back to uh, your comment as I got on, uh, where you were playing a song from the album Be'ezrat Hashem Minatzeach. So it's it's actually quite apropos because the title of this, this weekend and this uh, event that we're putting on is Shabbat B'Yachat Minatzeach. Nice. And uh, I and uh, many others are big believers that the, the Nitzachon, the victory, uh, will will come about when Hashem decides that we are that we have become reunified as a people. That there's no longer a neged or baad, and whatever our level of religious observance, practice, hashkafa. At the end of the day, when when when, when Hashem sees that we are brothers again, um, that is what what I think many people believe is, is going to be the, the the key trigger for the end of the war. And please God, the uh, the gugula
0: Shabbat biyachad ninazeach.
1: That that is what we have uh, branded this this weekend.
0: Nice. Tell us how this all so got started. Answer,
1: okay, so to answer your question on uh, on Simchat Torah morning here in New York, which was the Issuchag in Israel, I was uh, in shul and Eish Kodesh in, in Woodmere, and my my wife, we I just got remarried in June. My wife came into shul, found me, called me out, and said to me, you're going to kill me. I just answered the phone. And uh, obviously she answered the phone on, on Yuntif. Something happened. I asked her what happened, and she said that she noticed that my phone was buzzing over and over and over again. It was my son Ike calling from Israel, who you mentioned a couple minutes ago. Right. And she got nervous. I mean, we had heard that stuff had happened. Uh, Ray Weinberger from, from Ish Kodesh had recommended that we don't get too much information you know, let's, we, we should daven, and it's still yuntif, but we should be focused on davening. And uh, nobody knows what information is going to be accurate inaccurate. But I, I had a good sense that my kids who live in Israel were, were okay. I hadn't heard anything. So now I get nervous. So I ran over to my Weinberger. I pulled him out of the kafos and uh, I told him what my wife had said. And he said, go get a phone, go up to my office, and call your son. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to go into the details of, of how he came up with that. But right. it, it was, to me, a pretty obvious sock. Uh, but you needed a, a gadolik, or I not good to tell it to me. And when I called my son, uh, he told me that he uh, he was okay. His wife, my daughter-in-law, are, are okay, and my son is learning in, in Yeshiva in the old city, are okay. But that one of his best friends, uh, a young man named uh, David Newman, Hashem Im uh was killed at the Nova Festival, and he was distraught. And he wanted to talk to his father. And
0: this was the so, story this was the story that your son told. in fact, the, the efforts that, that your son and his colleagues have undertaken is all in memory of, uh, of their friend.
1: Correct soldiers saving lives right. in memory of David Newman. And we for the first two or three weeks of the war, um, we, we were actually operating here under the uh, imprimatur of, of of SSL. Uh, you know, I was really acting as a father. I, I had no intention of, kind of leading the community and and leading this effort. I, I was trying to help my son to to do, you know to to do something in in memory of of his friend who who was a great guy and to help his friends who were were close with, who basically gave gave up everything that they were doing in order to try to to help Israel. So, Sunday night after the chag ended, he told me that they've already booked. I mean, you heard the story, uh, flights on LL cargo planes. And they're going to be collecting goods. And uh, by Monday at 4 o'clock on on the, uh, I guess that was the 9th, there was a collection going on at my my kid's house, at at my ex-wife's house. And they collected about 400 duffel bags worth of stuff. Uh, Just to fast forward, uh, that night we moved into another warehouse. We collected another 400 duffel bags. The next day, all of this stuff went out with L.L. What were some of the
0: types of items that were in those bags?
1: I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, I mean, it was, it was, you know, creams and ointments and a lot of batteries and a lot of things that today uh, we wouldn't be sending for a couple of reasons. One is it's not worth sending. Some of these things we'd like people to purchase in Israel to help the Israeli economy. Uh, there are things that El Al doesn't particularly like flying under their planes and there are things that aren't needed, but nobody knew it was just people wanted to help. So you know, a lot of it was things that people needed, duct tape and, uh, you know, headlamps and, and, and flashlights. But it was not Army gear. It, it was definitely not Army gear. It was, it was definitely stuff that's more suited for uh, today the, the word Mifunim. I didn't know the word at the time. Um, you know, the, the displaced people. But it was just people trying to help. So, so Tuesday night at 8 o'clock we moved into our, our third warehouse in Lawrence. A couple of nice guys lent us their warehouse. I got the keys at 8 o'clock, and by 2 o'clock in the morning, we had another 900 duffel bags uh, that came from Great Neck and Baltimore and Brooklyn and Queens and a whole bunch of other communities. And at this point, we started to get a better sense of what was needed. So, you know, by the end of the first week, we, we sent between 1,700 and 2,000 duffel bags to Israel via cargo. <laughs> wow. And the beginning. it was amazing. It was just amazing. And uh, we, we, I mean, we, we, we were turning volunteers away. We, we had 40, 50, 60 volunteers at the time. Uh, at some point, El was a little bit concerned about security, so we had to uh, take down driver's licenses, and we opened up a little area for kids to come and uh, write letters. Uh, somebody from the New York Jets came and, and gave us, you know, a couple of duffel bags full of uh, really cool used Jets winter practice gear. Yeah. So we had uh, Kyle Lim on, on their bases with, uh, you know, fleeces and things like that with the, the Jets logo. And it was all practice one. It had you know players' numbers you know written in, and players' names written in, like uh, you know like a mom does when the kids go to camp. So that was was what was going on. And then um, we started to hear from soldiers that they were going back. We had soldiers in, in New York and uh, other parts of the U.S. So we built some Amazon lists and we spoke to some suppliers. And the next thing we knew, we were receiving about 200 boxes a day uh, from from Amazon and another probably couple of hundred just people in the community going and buying thermals and fleeces and headlamps and uh, thick socks and boots and Leatherman and G-Shocks. And we, we basically, that was when we learned the word Hamal. Another word that I, uh, you know, I, I speak Hebrew reasonably decently and I've never heard the word Hamal, but at that point we ha- uh, we've had soldiers coming in every day on their way back to Israel, picking up stuff, packing duffel bags full of gear for themselves and for their units uh, we were we were also supplying, there were a couple of great guys who set up a little kiosk at JFK where soldiers could come. I think they set it up in, in Terminal 4 in the uh, old chapel there. And soldiers would come and they could just get whatever they needed uh, out of there. So we had a constant stream of drivers going from our warehouse to JFK.
0: All right, hang on a second. Moshe Badner is with us live via telephone. This operation continues till today, right? There's a there are daily or and if not daily, then certainly weekly deliveries that are going on via airplane to Israel, right?
1: So, di- so there are daily. We, we we keep a stack of duffel bags in our warehouse. We're now located in Ulit. I mean today and- today will be there'll be your stuff on flights today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hope the flights take off. But right. uh, you know, on Sunday I had a stack of about a hundred duffel bags uh, in a pile at the front of the warehouse. And, 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 and what's yesterday... and, and what's in today's duffel bags? So today's duffel bags is all brand new clothing for for displaced people from Yiftunim. The the reason for that there were two reasons for that. One is we got all of our oh, army God. stuff out in in preparation for the weekend, and. Two is, I mean, the myth are also important, but we've had some amazing, amazing people from really around the world who have heard about what we're doing and have been sending us boxes and bags of brand new, expensive, beautiful clothing uh, for, for men, women, children, infants, all types, from, from bathing suits to, you know, the most sneas, you know, long dresses and, and long sleeve shirts. Um, and and they're just going to Israel to the places that that need them and that they're appropriate for.
0: And uh, wasn't there some arrangement or some some, uh, gesture from Costco or one of those stores you were in need of uh, a certain item and they were very helpful in terms of keeping the price down and getting you what you needed?
1: So a lot of the stores were unbelievably helpful at at the beginning. I mean, they still are, um, you know, we would go in, people would go into like the local played against sports, the sporting goods store. And when they found out that stuff was going to Israel, they would just give it to them for free hockey tape and things like that. Headlamps. Um, it turns out that Costco, somebody found out a few weeks ago that Costco had a sale on thermals two for $5 and people put it out in the chats. And two weeks ago on Sunday, People dropped off about 2,000 pairs of thermals. Wow. Uh, there were individuals who went themselves and spent $2,000, $2,500. A woman from Pasea came out here with uh, two carloads of thermals. I mean, it was just unbelievable.
0: So you're getting response from everywhere around the tri-state area. This is not limited to the five towns at all.
1: Yeah, we're, we're trying. I mean, we, ha- we have a drop off point in Brooklyn. We have a drop off point in Lakewood. We have a drop off point in Muncie. As a matter of fact, a lot of the clothing is coming from Montreal and it goes from Montreal to Muncie and then from Muncie to us.
0: Moshe Bodner with us live via telephone. We'll talk about this week's event. But first, I'm sure there are people with some curiosities. Number one, how do you fund this? How can people help you? fund this, because in in addition to all the material, I'm sure there are costs. I know that every one of these duffel bags costs money every time Alal puts one on a plane. So number one, how do you you allow people to help you fund this? And number two, people want to know how it's guaranteed, and I think it's a legitimate question, uh, that the army personnel and the displaced people get these materials, that the majority of what's being delivered to Israel really gets to where it needs to get to as soon as possible.
1: Are great questions. So the funding uh, that comes from Hashem. Uh, I mean, the reality is is that we we really operate, um, you know, bootstrapped and at a grassroots level. So we don't have to raise a lot of money, uh, with the exception of some costs in Israel for paying the porters in Ben Gurion. Uh, we really don't have overhead. Uh, somebody lent us their warehouse. Uh, everybody is volunteer. But we have raised money, and when we when we send the bags ourselves, what LL does is LL gives us an allocation of bags—50, 60, 100 bags—a couple of times a week from Newark Airport without and- cost. No, so we have it's fifty dollars a bag, right? That's so, money. So for that, we do raise money, right? Um, but I would say that there's three or four groups that are operating, you know, at a high level like we are. So we share those allocations. So, for instance, the last couple of weeks, I was able to get bags out with passengers. So I gave my allocations to the other groups that were sending more critical gear. Right. Uh, you know, the the boots for Israel guys who are amazing, and I think they've now purchased thirty eight thousand pairs of boots. Uh, the Bergen County guys uh, it, you know, killed it over the last month or so with, with army gear. So we've shared our allocations with them and they've shared our allocations with our, their allocations with us when needed. So for the most part, when a passenger takes a bag to Israel, the passenger is with, with a couple of exceptions and we, you know, it's no judgment. We tell people all the time, if you can't pay or, you know, take a couple of bags, we'll, we'll reimburse you. But for the most part, most of the passengers are, are paying for the bags. They're going to Israel, and, you know, a couple of bags sort of becomes a rounding error in the overall cost of the trip. And, you know, the, a lot of the missions, SKA High School took uh, 50 bags from us on Sunday. And schools are showing up, and they make it easy. They they come and pick up the bags. We do have people going to the airport to drop off, but it's much easier if people to pick up. So, you know, at the end of the day, we, we raise money for projects. People want to send uh, thermals or whatever gear to their bubble in, you know, in uh, Gaza or whatever. So, you know, we, we'll help, but we're, we're really trying to teach people to be advocates. At the end of the day, we can't help everybody uh, on the financial side, but we encourage them to become advocates for a project, and we will help them get the best pricing. We will help them with the logistics, with the customs, and it's it's really a it's a partnership between us and the and the people who are. Who we're encouraging to, to to run their own grassroots efforts?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, which- yeah, I mean, I told you when I was on the uh, when I had the opportunity to to stand at the airport literally and have someone approach me to take combat gear to Israel, I, I didn't even think of you know swiping my credit card. Like I, I, just think people need to be aware of it. We're under the impression that all this is funded by somebody, and that there's you know no no reason to you know to 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 reach out like that. Uh, and, and people need to know if I, if I went through it again, the first thing I would do would be to pay for the bags. It didn't even cross my mind. So I just want people to realize, uh, that to whatever degree they can help out, um, uh, with these uh, deliveries, uh, the more welcome it is. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web and AlchemSegal.com and the AlchemSegal network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app Moshe Bodner is with us live via telephone talking about uh, this is one of the most essential conversations I think we've had in the last four months. People want to know how to help. And we'll get to the practical stuff for this week in a second. So I asked you, uh, people want to know how, these, how all, these, um, the, uh, all this material gets to the soldiers and how it gets to the uh, displaced people.
1: So, so that, that question ties in with your previous question about how we vet the need. So we have a team in Israel. Um, headed by an uh, old friend of mine, a guy named Yusufa Halpern, who lives in Baka, an uh, English guy. And uh, he brought on board a woman named Shiri Hadar, who's been unbelievable. And they are at the airport every day, picking up bags. And they are also on army bases pretty much every day, not only dropping things off, but vetting the, the need. Meaning, does somebody need a Leatherman or does somebody need a good multi-tool? Do you need a G-Shock watch or do you need a good digital watch that will, you know, last out in the shetah. So first of all, it it helps us to stretch the dollar. But we also want to make sure that stuff is getting to where it needs to get on a priority basis. doesn't necessarily mean an elite unit versus, you know, a a regular unit, but we, we need to find out who has what and what the needs are. There's a lot of talk about helmets and vests and quality. So we are, we have people, boots on the ground going and making sure that the things that we are delivering are, are actual needs. The army's definition of need might be different than a soldier's definition of need. And we try to balance the, you know, the, the, both definitions, I guess. We want soldiers to be comfortable. Right. On the other hand, we want to make sure that we're not overdoing it because there's a lot of soldiers and Dera Hateva, we we're, we're we're being told that we'll be doing you know socks and long John's in a year from now. yeah you know?
0: if, if the flights t- if the flights land in Israel, let's say it's six am which most of the Newark afternoon flights do. Can you have combat equipment that's on that plane at an
1: army base by the end of the day? So the way I like to say it is the answer is yes, but the way I like to say it is if somebody drops off a bag in our warehouse today and it goes out, you know, on the 5 o'clock flight or the 11.50 flight or it goes out from Newark, some soldier is going to be using that tomorrow. Wow. I, I got a call from a volunteer about eight weeks ago. She said, I don't know why you're sending underwear. I was just in a warehouse, and there's a half a million pairs of underwear sitting in this warehouse in Israel. Why are we sending underwear? And I said, you just answered my question. There's a half a million pairs of underwear in a warehouse in Israel, and the underwear that you brought in the bag, there's a sh- there's a soldier who's going to have fresh gachkis for Shabbat. So... You know, I don't know what the logistics are in Israel. We know it's bureaucratic. And, you know, at the end of the day, we we have no cause to blame anybody for the delays and, and, you know, the rumors about who has the right gear and and all of that. We we have a a policy in the warehouse that instead of saying lama, we say lima, (laughs) which is the same three letters, but the vowels are just a bit different. And there's no point in in talking about why the need exists. There's a lot of there's a lot of good and that comes out of talking about what can I do.
0: Understood. Moshe Bodner's with us. All right, let's talk about. This week's timetable. What's happening over the next few days? Uh, when is the event actually going to begin? What's going on in the five towns? And I'm assuming, since we speak to people on this show that are all over the place, uh, that you'll welcome people from far and wide to come out to the five towns over the next few days.
1: With, with wide open arms, the uh, the event schedule and all the information is can is be found on the website, www.idfhesedcenter.com. Very simple website. The schedule is right on the home page. Scroll down a little bit. You can see some of the flyers. But we would love to bring as many people from other communities. And we'd also love to set an example and to help other communities do the same thing and do it bigger and better. Right? It's not a competition. It's it's just us and people working together to help. So what's happening in the five towns? So first of all, right now, it's snowing heavily, which might put a little bit, uh, create a little bit of a problem in terms of, setting up because today we are expecting three 18 wheel truck, 18 wheeler trucks to show up one with tables and chairs and other stuff. That's going to help us turn our warehouse into a, not only a store, but a community center for Chesed and for learning this weekend and two trucks containing about a half a million dollars worth of soft gear. Uh, We also have, uh, I would say smaller vans coming with things like samples of tactical gear and drones and things like that that we 're going to display so that people can have a sense of what 's going on, and we can put them in touch with different projects so that are helping to raise money for things like drones and scopes and stuff like that, which which has not been our focus. We consider ourselves uh, facilitators more than anything, right. um, assuming that our deliveries show up some between sometime today and tomorrow we 'll get everything set up, and tomorrow night we 're going to launch with an opening ceremony at uh, 7.30, where we hope to have a couple of local dignitaries. And uh, one of the shul choirs is going to sing the Mishaber for Chayalim. At 8 o'clock, the five-towns community, Tehillim and Marav, is going to uh, take place in our Chamal. It usually takes place in one of the shuls, but we have all the rabbis working with us. And at 8.30 tomorrow night, uh, we're kicking off our learning program with a girls' high school mishmar. And we've invited the girls from uh, all the schools in, in the neighborhood and, and from other neighborhoods. So we're hoping that the girls who go to uh, all of the different yeshiva high schools, day school, high schools, seminaries. I don't really like to use the, the labels, but we'd like to see a lot of girls coming from, you know, slightly different backgrounds, learning together and doing their combs. So that's tomorrow night's programming. Unbelievable. And
0: by the way, folks, uh, in addition to the schedule, which I'm going to run through in a second with Moshe Bodner's permission. On this website, idfhesedcenter.com, we have answers to a lot of our questions. There is a tab where you could donate. That answers that question of how you could support these efforts. There's a tab if you want to take bags to Israel. There's a tab that tells you how to shop for the requested supplies, and there's also a tab that allows you to join the WhatsApp chat so you can be up to date minute by minute about what the needs are for this incredible Chesed effort. The IDF Unity Shabbat, which you will find at idfchesedcenter.com. Chesed, Chesed, by the way, in this case with one S, idfchesedcenter.com. And Avrami, I hope you'll put this at the very top of our Chesed page. IDf com. Each day they're going to be shopping and packing gear for the Lim in the pop-up store. you literally can shop, pay for the stuff and pack it up plus there's tittus making and letter writing to soldiers that's happening Thursday from 10 to 7, Friday from 9 to two, Saturday night from 8 to midnight and Sunday the 18th of February from 10 to 5. Wednesday, tomorrow, 7:30 p.m is the opening ceremony followed by the community of Tehillim, and then the high school girls Mishmar and Kumsitz. Thursday they're having a bake sale at Dimples in Cedarhurst all day long. At 7:45 Thursday night there'll be a kala bake at the youngil of Lauren Cedarhurst at eight o'clock, a high school boys schmooze and Mishmar with Hori Weinberger and then at 10 p.m a lil Shishi learning with Rayakov Bender and a Ramutti Newberger. On Friday, there's various projects, plus a soldier meet and greet. Uh, high school onegs on Friday night as well. Mutse Shabbos, a musical Avdala and an Avos Abundum program. And then Sunday, everyone's invited to the uh, Minion and Shear, uh, and plus various projects all day long to wrap up the entire event. So the IDF Unity Shabbat is happening in the five towns the Israel Chesed Center is located at 1315 Peninsula Boulevard in Eulid. And check out the entire schedule and get involved by going to idfchesedcenter.com. idfchesedcenter.com. By the way, you'll see there separate flyers and information about every one of these programs, like like 10 or 11 different programs. You'll see all of it there on the website. Moshe Bodner, is there anything else you'd like to add, sir?
1: So, first of all, I, I could not have uh, read through that schedule nearly as well as you did. <laughs> right. but, but I think that one thing comes to mind when, when you read the schedule, and, and that's really what we started the conversation with when, when we talk about Achdut. And, you know, it, it's it's not a secret that, that in our, you know, unbelievable Orthodox community, um, there, not everybody agrees on, on how to deal with things related to Israel whether it's, you know, Zionism, the flag or whatever it is, um, you know, the, the goal, my goal is to respectfully disagree or, or not even to disagree, to just have our own opinions and, and let, you know, people follow their, their own shita. But I think if you look at the uh, the Rabbanim who, who are speaking, I think that, you know, we, we've done a lot and, and the Rabbanim have, you know, the Rabbanim have very broad shoulders. You know, when you think about, you know, the, the base Migdash expands to, you know, allow all the Jews to come in on uh, on, on the uh, Shalosh Regalim. Um, I think the shoulders of the Rabbanim in our communities have also expanded to, to really carry us through this situation. And, you know, I had a one of the local yeshiva high school principals told me a few weeks ago, they'd love to get involved. They have a problem. It's not something that, they can say no to. How do you say no to helping Israel? But it's not something they can say yes to because they don't know how people will understand it. Will we be playing Hatikmah? Will, will we be focused on, you know, things that that they're not comfortable educating their kids about? And I think it's a shame. But when you see and you have a Rabbi Weinberger and, and, a, and a Rabbi Bender from Darche, and a Newberger from the White Shul and, and Rabbi Trump and Rabbi Wallach who have been just unbelievable partners and, and mashpiyam about this whole thing, uh, my, my goal, and I think the, the, the community's goal, and certainly the goal of the Rabbanim is that the, that, that, that it should, you know, that, that the achdus part of it should be what stands out. We'll, we'll all keep Shabbos and in Yitzhashim, we will win. But I think that if we can come out of this weekend, you know, God forbid not having sold, you know, one pair of socks for soldiers to wear but there's increased octus within our community and, and, and other communities, Oceanside and West Hempstead and, and you know, and Burden County coming out here. That's really will, you know, that I think is what will give Hashem the message that it's time to end this and, and to bring the Geula.
0: Well, there you go. Um, well said. The IDF Unity Shabbat begins essentially uh, tomorrow night. The full schedule of activities, events. And the ways to get involved is at IDFChesedCenter.com. Plus, you can donate online on that website and support their incredible efforts. There also, uh, there's also information there about taking bags to Israel, about the joining the WhatsApp chat, and the IDF Unity Shabbat, which kicks off as a full weekend beginning tomorrow night, is going to last through Sunday. And as you heard Moshe Badner say, you don't have to be from the five towns, West Hempstead, Great Neck. You could also come from Bergen County and Hudson County and Passaic County and uh, places all the way out of Long Island and all five boroughs of New York and even Connecticut and other places in New Jersey and New York, if you wish. They want everyone to come by to be part of it and uh, to support the cause and be involved, feel like you're one of the people, which you will feel like, who's packing up materials and getting them to the airport, and the next day, having Israeli soldiers and those who are displaced using those items, which is pretty amazing. All kicks off tomorrow night. Again, information, idfhesedcenter.com, IDF Center.com. And Moshe Badner, you know what I have to tell you? i got to tell you that um, one of the challenges we have, and as we heard about the uh, three Israeli soldiers who are being buried as we speak, I mentioned that it's, it's hard to, to keep the same level of attention, the same level of care and concern for four-plus months but it sounds like you're surrounded by people who've been able to do it, that you are just as motivated today uh, as you and your group uh, were four months ago to uh, keep these efforts going and to you know, wake up every single morning refreshed, ready to get whatever needs to get to Israel as soon as possible. I, I hope that's an accurate assessment. I hope you agree that the momentum continues to go strong and that uh, you and your group continue to be leaders in this area.
1: So. So thank you, Nachal, if I could just respond to that for a second. So I agree. It is hard to keep it going, um, even personally, but on the communal level, we definitely have to change it up. Right? I mean, that's why we, you know, at some point we switched to Hanukkah pre- presents, and then after Hanukkah we did winter gear, and then we focused on helmets and vests, right? We have to find things that talk to everybody, to talk to different people, and, and again, that's one of the reasons we're doing this weekend, is everybody's able to come and find something that speaks to them. But even when we're down, and even when it's, it's hard, because we're burying people, and and we're, we're hearing terrible stories every single day, two or three very, very beautiful stories happen. I'll just give you one, one final example. On Sunday, I was at the, uh, was it Sunday or last maybe, maybe last Friday, it must've been last Friday. I was, I was in the warehouse and a woman showed up and she gave me her business card and she was from the town of Hempstead Department of Sanitation. And she was not happy that we had a pile of garbage in our, uh, in our parking lot. That morning we had had a container delivered. It was the first time we spent money really on anything not going towards high limb, but we, we had been sending garbage home with volunteers <laughs> to put in their own garbage. Oh my uh, but I said, this is, you know, this is crazy. We, we, we have, you know, we have $400,000 worth of stuff coming next week. We, we need to have a container. We so oil the container. I said to her, rest assured volunteers will put all this garbage into a container tonight. She said, no problem. She came back five minutes later and I thought she was going to give me a summons. I thought she said she called her boss. She, said she called her boss. We have to give us a summons. We'll go to court. She came in and said, I'm so impressed with what you're doing. I'd like to donate that morning. I had put up a, a, a cardboard box. I had hung on the wall as a Tadaka box. It hit me that we never put a Tadaka box up. If somebody comes in and wants to put in a quarter or $10, so it's just more money that we can collect. This, this woman was the first contributor to our new Tadaka box. <laughs>
0: I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, it's amazing how infectious the chesed could be, huh? Yeah, it's
1: amazing. It's amazing. Every day there 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 are more chasadim and, and new chasadim that I never even dreamed of.
0: And by the way, now that we're in the first uh, the the first month of Adar, we should mention that you're also collecting uh, adult and children's costumes to send to Israel for Purim. So if people have those lying around. Um, you know, yep. if they're in good condition. Yeah, and we have
1: a Shalach Manot. We're, we're, you know, we, we we talk about, you know, we started to use the term Chesed multiplied. So we, we're doing two different Mishalach Manot programs that people can sign up for. One is is Mishalach Manot for Chayalim, where they're going to get Purim in a box. The, the Mishalach Manot is also going to be, the, it's Mahajan Mena Mahajan, it's going to be their food for their Purim Suda. It's going to include a Magilla and a Grogger, and it's going to include some, you know, cute costumes like funny bow ties and funny hats and stuff like that. And the idea is that when soldiers are on their base or in the Shentach and they and they can celebrate Purim for 10 minutes together, they can it it, 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 it triples the enjoyment, it triples the simcha. Yep. And we have a we're also partnered with Shalva, so we're going to be offering the opportunity to send Mishra Achmanot to Israel, either to let's call it you know to random people. To the to, to families or, or to your friends and family and kids who are in, you know, Malo or wherever they are, but through Shalva. So we're doing, you know, a Chesed in that we're raising money for our own efforts, but the Shalva members who are unbelievable are going to be putting together those Mishlach and sending them out from Israel. So it's just doubling down on the Chesed.
0: Moshe, I could do this all day with you. It's amazing. I hope our don't, list. Don't uh, say it again. So could I. <laughs> so, yeah, you are doing it all day. I hope our listeners get involved. Uh, if you're a listener of this show and you've been dying to find an organized effort to support, an organized effort to get involved with when it comes to sending stuff to Israel, you have to be nuts not to go to this website, dot com. They are the address for the IDF Unity Shabbat that's really kicking off tomorrow night. It's going to last the entire weekend out in Ulit. Everyone's invited from everywhere. Look at some of the activities and how you and your family can be involved. There's also a link there to join the WhatsApp chat. There's a link to donate, right? You're wondering who to donate to in order to help with these bags to Israel. Uh, There's a link to uh, take bags to Israel. It's all there. IDF com. Moshe Bodner, thank you. Good luck with the event. I hope it's a massive success.
1: Thank you. We'll we'll report in. Thanks, Malcolm.
0: I hope you will. Keep us up to date. IDF com. More coming up. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM and the AM. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, we're going to put this at the top of our Chesed page. com slash Chesed. And uh, it is just unbelievable the... um, the effort that's that's happening on a daily basis with hundreds and hundreds of bags just incredible